So if you're anything like me, you have definitely had at least one STI before. In my case, I was just looking the other day through my record as I was like preparing for this, and I saw that I've had chlamydia six times, gonorrhea five times, and syphilis twice. There's other STIs, none of which I've had, unless you count monkeypox, which we can talk about another time. Um, but I was just like, it was just fascinating to me to see how many times I've had an STI before, like when I had them, Every time I had them, it was both oral and a rectal infection. It was never just one or the other. There was one case where it was just a urinary infection. Um, but generally speaking, I was just like kind of reflecting on having had it. And when I first had them, which apparently was 2017, which is kind of mind blowing because I feel like I've just been kind of like a slutty gay boy since I was like 18. So the fact that I was able to go two years without getting something and then the fact that getting something really skyrocketed for me over the past few years um, is just something that I find really interesting. And so I was thinking about how when I first had an SCI and how different of a person I was, obviously in so many ways, but I think one really notable way is in my relationship with them and how my understanding of STIs has changed over time, dating as far back as like, I know like when you think about when you were in middle school, like when we were in middle school and you first learn about sex ed and they talk about the different STIs and they show you this like horrifying picture of like what it looks like to have chlamydia or like syphilis, but they like negate to tell you that it's like, this is second stage syphilis. This person has had this infection for like six, seven, eight months untreated. And it doesn't, it like negates to tell you that a lot of times, or at least in my memory, you're like, oh yeah, like you maybe got gonorrhea or chlamydia or something and you didn't really have any symptoms. It wasn't like immediately this like horrific thing um, that you're like dealing with. And so I feel like growing up, I was obviously sort of indoctrinated to this really weird, intense, obviously like our sex ed was like abstinence based for a really long time. I don't actually know if that continues to be the case, but I know that it was for a really long time. And so you just are sort of like, you have this fear ingrained in you. Very like that like scene in Mean Girls where it's like, if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant and you're going to die. I think that's the movie that it's from. Um, and I don't know. It's just, I think as I got older and I went through high school, I think my understanding of a lot of things was the same. And I didn't have sex for the first time until, I mean, I think I was actually 17. Uh, and... I think just like as a young gay man, STIs have always been at the forefront of my mind. I think specifically HIV, which I'm not talking about, you know, in this episode, because I feel like it just warrants an entirely different, if not one, two, or even three different episodes all on its own. I think there's so much history there. Um, but generally speaking, because HIV was such a prominent thing as like a young game and there was so much fear that I feel like I had instilled in me regarding it. It sort of carried over with other STIs, especially when compounded by what we learned in health class. And so I feel like it's always been something that's been like a huge worry to me and that it's always been sort of a common knowledge, I feel. And I don't know, I think this continues to be the case, right? But like growing up, it was like, oh, like gay men, there's this idea that like, 
were so much more promiscuous and therefore more likely to have an STI. And like anal sex is a lot riskier than vaginal sex. I kind of said that with like a funny little accent. But, um, you know, it was just an interesting like situation to be in, to be in a position where you're engaging in a lot of high risk activities that could easily result in an STI, but you've never had one before. And because our sex ed is so abstinence based there, I don't feel like there was really an abundance, let alone even enough information regarding like, what does getting tested look like? How can I get tested for free? Where can I get tested? You know, like, what does it mean if I test positive for something? Do I need to be worried? Do I need to freak out? Like, and I think there's also a lot of like socio-political kind of dynamics of like, oh my God, I feel like I gave someone an STI and I'm feeling really guilty or I'm feeling like a like dirty slut, right? Just for like lack of better words. Um, and so I think just like reflecting on the first time I got an STI, which was apparently August of 2017, I think I remember having been tested and coming back positive for it was chlamydia and I was actually in the middle of kind of an abusive relationship but that's besides the point of what I'm trying to talk about here where we had sort of taken a break there was a lot of like on and offs and during the off period I was like well I'm gonna like take advantage of like being single to like ethically have sex with other people because at the time I was more like monogamous and I was like this is something that I don't do when I'm in a relationship with someone else. Whereas now it is something that I would do obviously with their knowledge and their consent. Um, but I remember we had gotten back together and I sort of had this like, Oh, I should like get tested because I don't love, I don't like the idea of exposing my partner to an STI because I think back then, obviously now that level of consideration would still be had, but back then, STIs like chlamydia and gonorrhea and syphilis felt like a much bigger deal to me than they do now. And so I remember letting my partner know that I had tested positive for something because I got tested right when we got back together just to like make sure that none of the like sexual activities I got up to while we were apart led to me catching something and therefore passing it on to my partner. And there was also just a lot of really fragile relationship dynamics, like the stability of our relationship was very fragile. So something as small as like, hey, even though I did something that I was well within my right to do while we were on a break, like resulted in me getting some sort of STI and like, that's totally fine. Something about this knowledge of like, I contracted something because I was being sexual and intimate with someone when we weren't together. And now I've since exposed you to it was enough to just like set everything on this like path of chaos. Um, so yeah, I think just like when I first started, there was just a lot of fear. Like I think I remember testing positive and just having like a whole freak out. Like I was at work, I worked at an immigration law office at the time and I got the call from my doctor saying that I had tested positive for chlamydia and my heart just like dropped. Like I was just like mortified. I'd never dealt with it before. I didn't know what to do. I was really nervous about telling my boyfriend at the time. And uh, it was just, it was like a whole thing. Like I remember just like shutting down. Like I couldn't take any appointments at work. Like I just needed to like call my doctor and figure it out immediately. And that was sort of when I discovered that, you know, like treatment was actually pretty simple. Like I think at the time I was just gonna like go in and pick up like a Z pack, which is like a certain mil amount of milligrams of azithromycin, which I didn't realize was called a Z pack until 
someone who probably was a little bit more well-versed in having STIs told me that. And um, you just would go in and you'd take one dose all in one day and like, yeah, maybe you'd have some of the like typical symptoms of having taken antibiotics, but it was um, a pretty a pretty simple process. But I think what I still wasn't prepared for and one thing that up until kind of recently, honestly, you know, and when I first got an STI, it was six years ago, right? And so it's taken a lot of time to dismantle a lot of stigma that I feel like we associate with STIs, even in the gay community when they're more prevalent. And I feel like we generally are better versed on a lot of things regarding sexual health than maybe like our straight counterparts are, because um, they quite frankly don't always have to worry about those things as much. Um, and so I feel like I remember telling the people that I tested positive, um, not just my partner, but the other people I had had sex with, because that's just like what you're supposed to do. Whether or not people actually do that is a different story. But I've always been really diligent about like, I'm really mortified about having to tell this person that I tested positive, even though we had sex. And a lot of that, I think there was like a, there's sort of like two prongs to why that was so hard. The first one was like, there's this part of me that through codependency and other sort of like unhealthy upbringings that I had, like a fear of abandonment. Like there was a lot of like, this person's going to be upset that I'm letting them know that I may have exposed them to something, even though they very well could have exposed me to that. There's like, there's no, you go to someone and you tell them, hey, I tested positive for something. The immediate assumption is, is usually the one that I have when someone tells me that is like, I very well could have been the one to expose you to that, but you got tested. And so now, you know, and you're letting me know, and you're doing general public health a favor by like having jumped on this and letting me know what was going on so that we can get this all figured out. It doesn't really matter where it came from or who you got it from, at least not in the contexts when I've had it. I think maybe if like you're in a monogamous relationship, right. And you weren't on a break or something and your partner came back with an STI, sort of the epidemiology, I think is like the word, like tracking sort of like where it came from might matter a little bit more. But when you're not in that situation, it just like doesn't really matter who gave it to who or when you got it or where it came from. Like it took me a really long time to learn, like I got an STI and I exposed people to it, but I was also exposed to it. And the person who exposed whoever I got it from was also exposed to it. And it's just not anyone's fault. Um, and so I think like a few years ago, I would experience sort of more frequently people taking it really poorly when I would tell them that I had tested positive for something. And I think when you pair just general, like us as humans desiring connection, community and like acceptance paired with like my own issues of like codependency and like fear of like abandonment and judgment or like being left out or something, I feel like it is like nightmarish to have this experience of like you tell someone that you tested positive for something and they react really poorly. Like they get upset with you because of it or they like stop talking to you or they're not interested in hooking up with you anymore. Like whatever it is, right? And obviously now I like know better and I feel differently about it. But at the time, like it was a very mortifying thing to me to think about telling someone and having them be really upset about it. Um, and so I feel like it wasn't until I want to say like maybe the second time I got an STI, which was like a few months after it was gonorrhea, 
on, uh, on yet another break with my partner at the time. I'd had sex with someone. Um, his name is Josh. I feel like if he sees this, he'll know who he is. But we had had a conversation about it and I sort of reached out and I was always really apologetic when I would reach out about having tested positive for something. Like I'd always be like, I'm really sorry to be the bearer of bad news or I'm really sorry to have exposed you to something. And he said some things to me that like really stuck with me, which I mean, it was pretty simple, but no one had ever said it to me before. And even though he's not like that much older than me, I feel like when you're like 18 and 24, I don't remember exactly what the age gap was, but it's a very significant maturity gap. Whereas like when you get older and it's like 32 to 38, I feel like the maturity gap's not as big, right? And so to me, even though this person was only like six or seven years older than me, it felt like it was this like wise elder telling me some like things that he's learned in his experience. And I just remember him being very nonchalant about the news and being like, it just comes with the territory. And that simple sentence alone, I feel like just like completely, it was like paradigm shifting to me. Like I, from that day forward, just viewed it that way. And I didn't feel guilt from like testing positive for something or for telling people that I had exposed them to something. And I just sort of knew like, this is just the right thing to do. And someone taking it poorly is on them. And that's unfortunate. And it's an indicator of like a lot of issues I feel like we maybe have in our society. But like, I'm not going to like, feel guilty or negatively about something when it really does just come with the territory. If you're having sex with like random strangers, especially if it's like gay sex, which again, tends to be higher risk because I don't know, I'm pretty certain like in anal, for example, it's because there's a lack of the like natural lubrication that comes with vaginal sex. I suppose I should be more read up on that, but I'm not coming at this as like an expert. I'm just like talking about my own experience, I guess. Um, so yeah, I think even though I internalized that and that was a really important moment in sort of my journey as like a sexually active young adult, I still for years, like even though I knew better, I still felt so nervous and so scared to like come to people about it. Because even though like I had known better, right, it's one thing to know something and another thing to like internalize it. And another thing to be so confident in yourself and have self-esteem and assurance that roots from the inside out as opposed to relying on that external validation to the point where it's like, I'm going to tell this person because it's the right thing to do. And if they're upset with me about it, they're just not the right person for me. And I feel that way now. It's like a huge deal breaker. There are honestly fewer things than I care to admit that are like really strong deal breakers for me. But someone reacting really poorly to me letting them know that I tested positive for something is definitely one of them. But it took me a really long time to get there. I feel like even after I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong and it's not my fault that I got an STI, I spent years just being really like shy and nervous about telling people because I was like, oh my God, how are they going to react? And they're going to be upset and they're never going to want to hook up with me again. And a lot of times, I mean, like that was the case. I think that I've thankfully built long-standing sexual relationships with people who like know and do better and with whom I don't have to face those situations. But there's been a lot of people, I feel like even recently, there's just like a real lack of comprehensive, meaningful dialogue regarding STIs. Um, I think a lot of times it's usually with someone who's like DL or like a straight guy or something where like, it's really like you really are not with the times on how this works. Um, but yeah, I think just like 
my relationship with like STIs and how I feel when I get them. And now it's like, I get it. And I'm like, oh shit, that sucks. Like I have to tell people, right. And I'll tell people and like, it's fine. I still feel like I get like a tiny bit nervous about it. Again, I know better and I know that I'm not doing anything wrong and that I didn't do anything wrong, but it always kind of sucks when someone reacts poorly to it, especially if it's like, I think I've had some people who are very like sex positive, but something about them being exposed to an STI the first time they had sex with me sort of seems to, some people are like, oh, this feels like a sign. Like maybe you're not someone that I should like have sex with again. Or just like, that's like a thing where like, I know a lot of people who are very sex positive, but who definitely I think have not taken it well when like the first time they had sex with me, they were exposed to something. It's almost like it like, taints no pun intended it's almost like it taints their view of me that it's like oh like I had sex with this person and just like one first time right out the bat I'm like exposed to something and they sort of maybe view me a little differently um but it's definitely changed I mean I used to get tested and spend days just like checking the results like anxious like I'd be sweaty I'd be nervous just like constantly checking when they came in and I still check them pretty adamantly but it's not because I'm like scared that I'm going to test positive or something. It's because I want to get back to being a slut as soon as possible. So I'm like, let me just like check these test results ASAP because as soon as I know that I've tested negative for everything, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be a slut um, because I love doing that, which is a part of why I was like, let me start this podcast because I'm a slut and I think I'm kind of fun. So let's just talk about it. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so I feel like that's a little bit on sort of like my relationship with it and how it's developed. I'd be really interested to like hear from other people. I don't really feel like I've ever had like that thorough of a conversation with anybody really about like how did your relationship with STIs like start and how has it been shaped over time? And if they've had any like specific formative experiences that have like changed that for them. Um, yeah, so I think like, and maybe I'll go back to that if just like something comes to mind, but I feel like the next sort of thing that frequently comes to mind when I talk about STIs is like the difference, not necessarily in like a like biological way. Like I'm not going to like pull up a picture of like what chlamydia looks like under a microscope and talk about like how you get it and how it works. Um, but I think like one interesting thing that I think about frequently with these three um, is sort of specifically how we have made this shift in calling them STIs instead of STDs. And just the other day when I was talking to one of my friends about like, oh, I'm going to film like an episode about STIs. He was asking like, what is the use in STIs? And admittedly, I didn't look it up. But again, I'm not trying to come at it as like an expert. But I was like, I feel like the shift was intended to emphasize how easily treatable numerous of these are. When you refer to something as a disease, it sounds like it's more terminal like it's more intense it's like something you need to like really endure lots of medical treatments to take care of whereas an infection i feel like is like oh yeah just rub some neosporin on your wound to like treat this like infection you have in your cut um or like saline spray for example like if you just got your nipples pierced like i just did um <clears throat> so i feel like that's just like an important thing to to note like the delineation between STDs and STIs. I don't even know if it's like technically correct to refer to something like um, HIV or herpes as like an STD, even though it's something that's like 
more lifelong. Um, and so I guess I'll like look into that and definitely something worth like discussing when we discuss those STIs or STDs in the future. But I feel like with these three in specific, like it's always important to really emphasize like you shouldn't just like go around willy nilly spreading it to people because it's easily treatable. But if you do get it, it's always important to remember that it is like I've had some conversations with people who've like I'm always very open on like my social media about when I test for something. I'm open about it at work even like I'm no I don't hesitate to be like, oh, yeah, I'm having a shitty day because I just found out I had gonorrhea. But it's okay. Like you just I'm going to go in. I'm going to get my ceftriaxone shot. And in seven days, it's going to be fine. And so I've had some people message me on different social media platforms about like, you're always so open and so vocal about like STIs and like when you have them and like you talk about it every time you get tested and it's something that they've really appreciated and that's been really moving to me. And I've had some people reach out being like, what can I do? Where can I get, go, go get tested? I don't even know where to start. Right. And so I love, I think a lot of times I always emphasize like, this isn't going to make your nerves go away, but it doesn't take much to treat this. Um, it's something that, you know, I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit, but it's something that you can treat very easily. And in the case of like syphilis, chlamydia, and gonorrhea, obviously it can be done different ways. When you're getting tested for syphilis, it's a blood test. When you're getting tested for gonorrhea and chlamydia, it's a swab test and also a urine test. And one of the things that I feel like I learned over the past I don't know, maybe like two years or so is really emphasizing the fact that chlamydia and gonorrhea specifically are localized infections as opposed to something like HIV or syphilis, which is not localized, which is why it tests in your blood. When you're doing two different swabs, the reason why you need to do a throat swab and a rectal swab is because you can test positive for chlamydia or gonorrhea in one orifice, but not in the other. And I remember sort of like putting two and two together where I was like, okay, so like that hypothetically means that when you're getting the infection, it's only in one location. And I think that's another thing that people don't think about a lot. I do looking, you know, at this little piece of paper where I wrote down my test results. Nine times out of 10, I have it in both my mouth and in my rectum. But hypothetically speaking, you can only get it in one. Um, and I do think that that's like the case for some people. Some people are like sides and they don't do anal sex at all. So if they test positive for something in their throat, it wouldn't make sense for it to also be in their butt because they don't do anal sex. Um, and so that's also why you do a urine test because it's possible as I have had one instance where it was just in my urine, but it wasn't in my throat or in my rectum. And I think that's like an important thing to highlight that I don't think, I don't feel like is like talked about enough. Like I don't, it feels like something that I just kind of had to learn through trial and error. And I've been getting tested. Like I started getting tested in 2015 when I got on prep, I was getting tested every three months. And like two years ago, I think I tested positive for something and it had been three months since I'd been tested. And it was three very slutty months, which I feel like is like every month for the past few years of my life. But I just remember like testing positive for something and thinking like, okay, I have to tell people a lot of people. And I don't like, I'm talking like 70, 80, 90 people that I feel like I'd had sex with. 90 is probably pushing it. I feel like it's more like 70, but I still was like, there's a lot of people I need to tell. And I don't actually think I can get in contact with all of them. 
whether it's because I just didn't retain their contact information. It was like an anonymous encounter at like a public space, like an adult bookstore or something. Like it was like, I've had sex with so many people and there's no way I'm going to be able to tell them, but I'll tell as many people as I can. And so that was when I sort of made the decision to start getting tested once a month because I was like, I'm having sex often enough that the likelihood that I'm contracting something is much higher than I feel like a lot of other people. And so I remember telling my doctor, cause after when I made this decision, it was like after like multiple instances of getting positive test results. And I had an instance where one time my doctor reached out to me and they were like, Oh, like one of your, one of our providers wants to call to talk to you about like practicing safe sex. And when I hopped on the call with them, like a day later or something, I just was like, I already know how to have safe sex. Like nothing you're going to tell me is going to be news to me, but the fact of the matter is I am not going to have it. I'm going to continue having sex the way I've been having sex. And I just like, I know that. And even though it's like, it felt like a really bold thing to tell my doctor, it was just like, it's just in the best interest of public health that I'm like blatantly honest with you about the fact that I'm not going to start using condoms. So let's figure out other ways to mitigate the potential impacts of my, that my sexual behavior can have on public health in the community here. And surprisingly, it was re really well received and it was like a really empowering moment. I think a lot of times there's this weird power dynamic when you're at the doctor's office where you feel like you like can't take the power because like your doctor's a lot more like educated than you are on everything. And you feel like you just kind of have to like do what they say and what they recommend. But I remember just being like, it is in my, like it is in the best interest that I'd start getting tested once a month because we all know based off of my track record here, I tend to get STIs pretty frequently and I'm vocal about the fact that I have a lot of sex. And so for me, it just makes sense to get tested once a month. I don't think that makes sense for everyone, but it definitely is something that felt important to me because I was like, when I test positive for something, I don't wanna have to try to remember the 70 people I had sex with over the past three months. I wanna have to remember a smaller list of people and have a higher likelihood that I can actually reach out to all of them to let them know when I tested positive for something so that they can go get treated and we can stop, you know, the spread of it. Um, but sort of backtracking back to this idea of chlamydia and gonorrhea being localized infections, I think there's just times where I would test positive. Even though right here I'm seeing that apparently I've always gotten it in both orifices, I feel like there's definitely been times, and maybe like just like didn't read my health record or something correctly, but I feel like there's definitely been times where I've only had it in one. Because I've I've had conversations with my doctor where I've been like, I tested positive for gonorrhea in my rectum. Do I need to tell people who I only had oral sex with that I tested positive for gonorrhea in my rectum? Or do I not need to inform those partners? And the doctor was like, you only need to inform partners who came in contact with the infected region. Um, and so in that case, it was like my rectum. So I was like, okay, I don't need to tell everybody who I like just had oral sex with because I didn't put them at risk. I didn't expose them to anything which saved me some of the strife and like nervousness of having to reach out to multiple people. Um, but it also just like simplifies the process and is something that like, I feel like I didn't know that until I asked my doctor about it. And so I think during that same conversation, I was like, okay, like humor me here. Does that hypothetically mean that I can still have oral sex safely because the infection is only in my rectum? Obviously, there's like the risk of catching something orally from having sex, but from like an ethical standpoint, am I exposing someone to an STI if I'm just having oral sex, if I tested negative on my oral swab? And I think whoever I spoke to at the time begrudgingly was like, 
that's technically the truth. Um, and so ever since then, I sort of take this approach that I don't know if people find it questionable. No one's ever said anything to me about it, but I'm just like one hole might be closed for business, but the other one is ready to go and it's good to go. You know, I don't need to worry about exposing anyone to anything because I didn't test positive for something there. And so if I want to keep being a slut, I'm going to keep being a slut. Right. And I think that that dynamic is like further perpetuated by this fact that I'm now on doxypep, which like prevents chlamydia, syphilis, and gonorrhea, albeit to slightly different degrees from, from getting them in the first place. And so it's even more like, yeah, technically you can still get something in your mouth while you're being treated for an infection in your rectum. But now that I'm like on doxypep, it makes it so you're less likely to get any STI, well, syphilis, chlamydia, gonorrhea, or HIV in the first place. Um, so it's just convenient and nice. And I really appreciate having that, that flexibility. Um, so yeah, I think that's just like a little bit like an emphasis that like, I don't think is like a secret, but I would argue that I feel like a lot of people don't know that and they're not clear on that. And I think like I've had conversations with people where like, I really value, I mean, I generally am very transparent with people, but specifically people who I have like longstanding meaningful relationships with where I'm like, oh, you just asked me to come over and have sex. And like, I'm totally down to do that. I just want you to know that like I am being treated for something, but like, you know, like I have a buddy, for example, who we only ever do oral sex. There's been times where I've been like, oh, I tested positive for like something in my rectum, but like my oral test came back negative. So like, I just, I want you to know that. You don't have anything to worry about. It just still feels like the right thing to do to like tell you just because it feels like the right thing to do. But, you know, I've, I, I've had a lot of, and that was actually, that dynamic is also something that was first brought to light by the same person who I referred to earlier, sort of shifting my view on like STIs when he told me like STIs just come with the territory. I remember I tested positive for like, chlamydia this was the instance in like december of 2017 and i remember him being like you know with like a winky face like he was like oh in your ass or in your throat and i was like okay that's really kinky and really hot that you're asking that and that it i don't know it just felt very like sexy to me that i was like oh this like man is like oh yeah like maybe maybe i can't get into one hole but i can in the other and that was just something that like i really appreciated but i, I feel like it took me a lot longer to internalize that it just sort of felt like I was like, oh, this guy's just like a kinky guy who's down for like risky sex. And then I later on sort of realized like, no, it really is like your infection is localized in one area and the other area is like legitimately like totally fair game. Whether or not a doctor would endorse that is a different story. And I'm not a medical professional, so I can't formally recommend it either, but it's definitely something that I do. I have had medical professionals clarify that hypothetically that is fine um and yeah i think that's just a interesting little take on that so the third sti on sort of the list of stis because i feel like i kind of categorize them together i would be interested to see how other people categorize them but to me like chlamydia syphilis and gonorrhea are like i don't know like the three girlies like i go way back with them um and so the third of, that I haven't discussed is syphilis, um, which I think is a little bit unique in the sense that it's not a localized infection in the way that chlamydia and gonorrhea are. It's something that's tested via your blood. 
So it's like a little bit different in that sense, um, but the same in the sense that it's pretty easily treatable. I do think that it is more deadly and like more dangerous to have than like chlamydia and gonorrhea are. But nonetheless, it still just kind of feels like they belong in the same camp. I have technically had syphilis twice. Um, the first time I had it, I actually don't have the dates written down. I think it was like hard to find. I just know that there was one time when the antibody tests, which is what you usually get is like a syphilis antibody test. And you, once you test positive for it, they never use that test on you again. Because one thing about syphilis is that once you have it, you technically always have it. <clears throat> or like the antibody test, sort of like COVID. No, Kirby, we're not done yet. Sort of like the, like when you get like a COVID test, once you've had it, the antibody test is always gonna be positive. You're always gonna have those antibodies inside you. It doesn't necessarily mean you actively have it, but the infection does in some way continue to live inside your body in a way that indicates that you've had it before. So I guess you don't technically always have it. That's a little bit of a misinterpretation or misunderstanding, I guess. But like you will always test positive for it on an antibody test. So I tested positive for it the first time. And then ever since then, I get these other two tests that they do to like confirm that you have it because the antibody will always be positive. So I've had it twice. Um, and I think like usually I get a little bit more of an intense reaction from people it's never like that intense, but I feel like when I tell someone I tested positive for gonorrhea or I tested positive for chlamydia, it's always just like, oh, thanks for letting me know. But when I tell people that I tested positive for syphilis and expose them to it, it's still pretty nonchalant, but slightly less so. Like there is a little bit of a like, ooh, and I'm like, oh, wow. Like I'm, I think there was one person in particular when I was like, oh, you've never given me a reaction like that. And I'm like, yeah, syphilis is a little different and everything's fine. I still like have sex with that person and whatnot, but like it definitely was a like, this one's a little more serious. Um, and so I think just a little bit of a difference there. I think it's still easily treatable, arguably a little bit harder than chlamydia and gonorrhea. But when you think about it in the grand scheme of like treating things that you can get, it's pretty easy to treat, right? Like I feel like it's typically treated with like a long seven day dose of like doxy, or I think one time actually, that's not true. When I had syphilis one time, I usually they'll treat you with penicillin, but I up until very recently was allergic to penicillin. And so I remember them telling me that because I couldn't take penicillin, the second line of treatment is 28 days of doxycycline. And you're supposed to wait a week after treatment finishes to be to technically be free of the STI. So I was looking at like five weeks of treatment, which obviously just for someone who like sex is a really central part of their life. It's just like heartbreaking to me. Like I was like five fucking weeks, but it had to be done. It was the price I paid for being allergic to penicillin, which I haven't been allergic to for who knows how long, but I was growing up. I did have an adverse reaction to it way back in like 2017. And so I think the assumption was just like, I'm still allergic to it. And so I got on Doxy to treat it. Um, now, I mean, it's been a while since I've had syphilis. I still think that that's the, the treatment. They either give you penicillin or doxycycline. Whereas when you get like chlamydia or gonorrhea, I think it's usually like, it's been a while since they've prescribed me azithromycin for it. I usually feel like I get, um, ceftriaxone, which is just like a shot. And I always hate it because antibiotic shots hurt. Now that I've like gotten my nipples pierced, I feel like they're not going to hurt. 
getting my blood drawn sure as hell isn't going to hurt anymore because that needle's so fucking thin. Um, but I, I mean, it, it hurts not necessarily because of the needle, but when they're pushing the antibiotic in you, it feels like someone's trying to like, someone explained to me the first time I got penicillin that it feels like you're trying to like force a golf ball through your veins. And it really did feel like that. Like it was like, geez, that hurts. Um, and I remember the last time I got my ceftriaxone shot, I was really nervous about it. And when they did it, I was like, ah, and they were like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's okay. It's just the price I pay for being a slut. It's like what I said. Um, it's very empowering to talk like that. If you've never talked like that at your doctor's office, I highly recommend it. It's very just like, I'm reclaiming this. I'm choosing not to walk around with my tail between my legs and in shame because I'm here to get tested for syphilis. Like when I go and I get my blood work done, I have Kaiser for health insurance and I have my whole life. And so I'm a little bit privileged in the sense that like I've sort of been like grandfathered in, if you will, into just like the way things work there. I just know how it works. I've had these systems in place. I had to go through all the complexities of getting these like routine things set up years ago. And ever since then, it's just been routine where like I'm able to go into Kaiser whenever I want and I get my labs done. There's like no questions asked. Like I think maybe like one time I've had like one weird instance where they were like, oh, this isn't due yet. But generally speaking, like I just go in and I say, I want to get my labs. And they're like, do you want like the whole thing done, like swabs and urine too? And I'm just like, yep, like there's no hesitation. I have no embarrassment about like coming in and just saying things like, oh, I don't need the HIV one today. Or yeah, I need swabs to test for gonorrhea and chlamydia. Like I feel like those are things that I used to feel kind of like embarrassed to say out loud in the clinic. And now I just walk around like it's just like, yeah, damn right, because I'm getting some. So I need to get tested because I'm pulling an ass left and right, baby. Um, so, yeah, I think like that's sort of another important part of sort of this like STI conversation that I feel like applies to some of the other STIs that like weren't discussed today. But there's a lot of different options for getting tested. I think that if you have healthcare, I strongly recommend going through there. I think that it's just I sort of like the idea of having all of my medical stuff happening in like one facility and it's all tracked by like the same company right but also like if you get tested by the county and you like test positive i feel like they usually will like tell your insurance i know your insurance definitely tells the public health agency the number of times that multnomah county has called me to be like we just got information that you tested positive for something and then they ask me these like survey questions and like it's like a whole thing i imagine it goes both ways um but if you don't have health insurance you can get tested at like your local county department um, I think there's also some, you know, different services. Like, for example, I recently went to a athletic fetish wear party and there was like free testing outside. Sometimes there's testing at like different nightclubs that's free and that's accessible. I think in the case recently at the event that I went to, they were actually compensating me for getting tested. But when I left, it was like one in the morning and I didn't have an hour to spare and they needed me to spare an hour. And I was like, I really appreciate the work you're doing, but it's like 1 a.m. And I'm not going to like stay here for an hour. Um but there's a lot of different resources that you can access. Um, I think the county is just always like the best way to go. Like I know that at least at Multnomah County, they don't turn you down if you can't pay. There technically is a copay and like a cost for getting the test. But if you can't afford it, it's not like they're going to like send you to collections over it. Um, you can go in and you can get the service done for free and get your labs done, I think, because they just really understand the importance of like, this is a matter of public health, whether or not you can pay for it. It's in everyone's best interest that we get you your test and your results and your treatment, regardless of whether or not you can afford it to stop the spread. Um, there's also other sort of, you know, I think a lot of people that I know, folks, I almost said folks, which I never said, 
until I started working in politics and then suddenly I say folks all the time. But I think there's a lot of people who go to like Prism or like Pivot. I know that one of the two, I think Pivot is located downtown and Prism is located uh, on Belmont, Belmont and 23rd about. I think you can go there to also get services. I don't really know that it's free. I don't exactly know all the ins and outs, but there's a lot of different services. And also like people have done it before and I welcome people to do it again. Like if you ever find yourself testing positive for something and you like don't know where to go or like who to talk to about it, I'm always happy to talk about it. It's something that's really meaningful. I've had some people message me before, you know, saying that they really appreciate my openness and that I seem to like know a lot about like getting tested in the different STIs. And it's always really moving to me um, to know that when I just like rant about something, then I'm like, I don't really feel like anyone really cares about this to know that it has some sort of a positive impact on um, someone out there. Like something that I said informed them of something they didn't know before. Um, so yeah. That's a little bit on syphilis. And I feel like sort of just to like close us out, I feel um, it's sort of just like going back to the fact that I've like chosen to like start this podcast and like kick it off, I think, with this because it's something that I've been really vocal about just like on my Instagram story or on my Twitter or just like in my friend circles in general. Like I feel like I'm very vocal about all things like getting tested in STIs and I remember one time, one thing that was like, particularly like, you should really start a podcast was that I had posted something to um, my Instagram story. It was on my close friend's story where I was just saying something similar to what I feel like I've said here, Uh, but it was sort of in a nutshell. Obviously I wasn't recording some like super long thing for my Instagram story, but I just said something about like having a conversation or I think I had had someone take it really poorly when I told them that I tested positive for something. And I was sort of going back to that rhetoric of like, you very well could have been the one to give it to me. So the fact that you're establishing this like dynamic where you're like being really judgmental and negative or like viewing me as some like diseased slut who like, you know, you have to be upset that I like expose you to something as opposed to just like, I'm really grateful this person said something to me because nine times out of 10, I feel like people don't or they're not as diligent as they should be in like informing sexual partners of things. So I just like posted something ranting about it. And then like, I think the next day I was on Grindr and I saw this person that I was into and I messaged him and I was like, Hey, and he replied and was like, don't you have gonorrhea? And I was like, how the fuck did you know that? Like, I don't even know you. So I know you're not on my close friends list. So I know you didn't see the thing that I posted, but somehow you know that. Um, so I asked and they were like, Oh, like one of my friends reposted what you posted on Instagram, basically like agreeing with like what you were saying and like applauding it or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, like, you know, that's that's great. Like for some reason, I had this like feeling that someone was like, ooh, like don't have sex with that person. He has gonorrhea. And I was like, that's so gross that you would like spread rumors about someone like that. Um, Or just generally, like it's kind of reminding me that like, sort of going back to this like 2017, 2018 era of like my sexual development or whatever. Like I remember someone being like, oh, like that person's like riddled with STIs. And it was like a thing where I was like, I just don't know if that would even bother me at all now. But at the time I felt like a big deal. Like that person's really like averse to getting STIs. So like stay away from them. Or I was like hesitant to hook up with them because of it. And now I just like, I could care less. Um, but anyways, they reshared it to their story 
And they were like, oh, yeah, listen to what this guy has to say or whatever. Like, they didn't give me the specifics. But I felt positively about it. I was like, oh, that's really sweet. That, like, someone really liked what I had to say. And they, like, reshared it. But also, like, I posted that on my close friends list. It was meant to be seen by a very limited number of people. So I was admittedly a little bit troubled by the fact that someone had reshared that to their story. Not too troubled, though, because I liked what I had to say. And it was moving, ultimately, that the person was like, this person has some good shit to say that I want to share with people. Um, and so I think just like that experience in general um, was affirming in a lot of ways. Like, I think there's been times where I just like go on my Instagram story and like vent about something and don't really get any like response or feedback from anyone who sees it. And I still post it anyways, because I feel really confident in a lot of the things that I have to say, but it's always nice to get this like affirmation of like, I really appreciate that you said something. And so it just felt very like, oh, like I said something like meaningful that like resonated with someone. And so I think like that was, sorry, I had a little burp. That was some of the like beginnings of me being like, I should like make a podcast out of it instead of just like willy-nilly standing in front of my ring light with my phone just like venting about something for 45 seconds to a minute I should just like talk about these things um because I feel like I may have mentioned earlier I am not an expert in all things but I do feel like I'm an expert in being a slut and having lots of different types of sex and I think that I'm also really vocal about it in a really unapologetic way in various spaces um and I also think I'm kind of fun so why not, you know, take a moment to put it all on video and share it with the world.